I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. In my heart, I have a And welcome, everyone, to Greetings from Beyond Radio. I am your host, Rich Valdez. And I'm Vicki Burnett. My lovely co-host right over there. I still got to do it, you know. it's it's. I tried to avoid because, you know, I didn't want you to have to think. That's why I said I'll just oh, introduce myself. Oh, People yeah. can just see where okay. I'm at. I've been training for weeks, and now she tells me because, you know, she doesn't want me to Learn a new anyways. skill. Learn a new skill. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, greetings from Beyond Radio, as everyone knows. Uh, we finally hit the double-digit mark uh, last week, although we had a little, you know, glitch the week before that, and we would have hit it, but unfortunately, you know, things happen. The universe knows why. We'll never really know why. But uh, Greetings from Beyond Radio probably can be listened to just about every format that you possibly can think of, like Spotify, Facebook. YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, you can watch us there. Amazon Music, Parallax, iHeart, uh, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, uh, Samsung Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast, and Pandora. I will warn you, Apple Podcast has been giving us issues as of late. Don't know why. I think it's they expect everyone to own an iPhone, but Vicky and I were rebels. We own Galaxy. I own Android. Android. I own I own an Android too. Uh, sorry, I'm I just don't fall in with the whole conspiracy thing that we need to own iPhones because they're better. And you know that if you don't own one and you send a text to someone with an iPhone, your text comes up a different color, your whole background color, so that oh, they really? know that you're not one of them. Oh, we're not one of them. Good Lord, God forbid. Yeah. But whatever happened about, oh, geez, what would I do with myself? Uh, so already in, in the chat room, we have Anthony Ceballos, welcome, and Franny P. Uh, and she agrees with the Android. <laughs> so uh, that being said, you know, thank you for joining us so early on, on in the show. Um, we learned a lot. Last week, I can honestly say having Beth Ezo on and then surprising her with uh, our surprise guest, John Zaffis, for season one, episode 10. It was great to have the boss man on and also Beth. It's been a minute since I last saw Beth. Uh, but 
so much experience from such a young lady. Hey, Jenny, how are you, hon? Um, and what, what were your impressions, Vicky? I mean, you know, being able to get trained by someone like John Zaffis at the tender age of 16 years, okay? I mean, just like you said last week on the show, we had Scooby-Doo to train us. Instead, she had John Zaffis. How, how does that feel? I mean, it's an unbelievable opportunity for her. But my overall impression is that it wouldn't take too much to get her back into the field. A little bit of nudge, nudge, and I think she would be back. Oh, yeah. I've been nudging now for, I don't know, well over a year. I've been I've been telling her, you got to get back. You know, but she she has a career and I, I understand she she has a she's she's happily married. She has a beautiful girl um, and I think she's seven. Uh, last time I checked, God, time flies and a great career. That's pretty much why she left the show to begin with Haunted Collector. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's rather inspiring to hear from her. Uh when she ends up saying, you know, the reason I've gotten back into the paranormal is because of the two of you. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. That's, that's an honor. Uh, but, you know, us being us and showing that we have the same passion. She, you know, you, you never, you, you can leave the paranormal, but the paranormal will never leave you. Remember that. You know, we've talked about it a million times. Every time I tried to pull away, whether I was going to stop investigating or I was going to stop doing readings, something would happen. Somebody would contact me. Somebody would mention me in a conversation and somebody would call me. It, it's always the universe always says, no, this is what you need to be doing. Okay. I did. I started. I had a seven year old at the time I started. I had a five year old. And I, I remember. Had, and I had a four-year-old, much older than that. Oh, <laughs> he was twenty at the time. Um, so, yeah, I had to balance a career. I have a career. I had to balance that. I was raising two kids on my own at that time, and um, like I said, my older son was twenty. And, you know, it just—it was a passion. It was if I can go so far as saying a calling. And I know that I was put in this path for a reason. And every time I think that I need to step out, someone pulls me back in. It's just like Scarface says, or, mm -hmm. or was it Colleone Col or was it the, the, the Godfather? But every time you think you're out, it drag you back, back in. in. Okay. Yeah. It, it's true. I mean, it, once it's in your blood, and if it's a calling, a true calling, there's really no way of getting out. And you can try, but it's always going to drag you back in. And th that's the one thing I I didn't mean to. Vicky and I, Beth, we promised. We didn't mean to. I guess you were in the right place, right time, and decided to watch, and you got hooked. But you know what? It's in your blood, hon. Follow your heart. Okay, always be true to yourself before anything else, because if you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to other people. Well, I almost think it's almost like, you know, when scientists grab animals and they tag them for migratory purposes. Yes. Once you've been 
in the field and you have communicated with spirit and you have collected evidence, you're tagged Yeah. and they know it and they that's, know who to go to. That's a good analogy to have. I think uh, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it kind of deal. Uh, people will always say, well, you know, maybe I saw something, but if you see it two, three, four more times, you then have to start questioning either questioning either your sanity or is there truly, truly something there? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person I, I'd like to not leave any stone unturned. So I'm one of those that, you know, will go and turn every stone if possible, unless it's not a boulder, you know. Um, but yes, uh, last week was very, very enlightening for her, for, for all of us. And having John pop on was it's always a bonus to have uh, the boss man on. Sorry, I call him boss. I've known him for over well over a decade, and it's an it's always been an honor. And of course, I wanted to keep that a surprise for Vicky, but she had to go and ruin that. So, well, you know. I guessed it. You just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, it's called a surprise. Uh, 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 no, it's a surprise. It is because I know you love John, and you've always had nothing but the highest admiration for him. So I wanted to keep it a surprise for you. But of course, you know, but when you when the psychic medium guesses the surprise, you just got to man up, just man up next time. OK, it's not a matter of manning up. It's a matter of it's a surprise. So like if well, obviously, next what? time, if it's a surprise party for your daughter, my stepdaughter, I'll, I'll just go ahead and ruin it for her, you know, because. Yeah. Well, guess what? She inherited her mother's ability. She'd know it's coming. Anyway. I know. I know. I was the one helping her ground herself if you recall back at, at the old house yeah that actually had old trees and that actually had old trees and that actually did help her for a little bit i hope she's still using those techniques is she still she's using um what she should have been using in the first place just <laughs> medication <laughs> oh my god really oh uh, well yeah you yeah. know in in some instances yes you know but i tell you and i'm going to tell the story to our listeners, um, you had taught her, you had mentioned to me about doing that. But sometimes when you're in the moment, you tend to forget some things that people have said. And I was on this one particular case and it turned out it wasn't a haunting. It was something more human that was mm -hmm. going on. And I was overwhelmed because there was a spirit there telling me what was going on. And I, I was four hours from home. And I went outside and I was having a little mini panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I called you and you're like, Vicki, is there a tree? I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about the tree. And I went over to the tree and I tell you, I don't endorse anything that I haven't tried myself. And right in that moment of like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? This case is not paranormal. Hug a tree. It's much darker. And when I literally put my back up against the tree, all of the anxiety went straight from my body down into that tree. And then I was able to take a breath, go back in. And at that point, I was gathering a different type of evidence. Mm -hmm. And I was able to go in and continue with the process. But, um, it, for anybody who's listening and really has those moments, trust me, the tree grounding technique, it works. 
give it a chance. Yeah. And, and, and like, as you said, you won't endorse anything that you haven't tried yourself, but let's also remember things work differently for different people. So there's various techniques to use to ground yourself. The tree thing works for me, actually. Uh, I was very surprised by that. And that was taught to me by uh, Angel uh, many, 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 many moons ago. And it actually worked. And that is something that will always be with me, uh, a form of grounding, because you can't always have a Reiki master on dial-up, you know, and they can't just work on your chakras right then and there when you're in the middle of a case. Find the oldest looking tree you can find and say, excuse me, I need to go outside and get some fresh air. What they don't know is that you're trying to find the oldest tree (laughs) to put your back against and let all that anxiety out. Because, you know, sometimes life does get in the way. Uh, That's just something that I believe we all, you know, I don't care if you're in the paranormal community or not. Oh, Lisa, Lisa Gaps. Now you tell Lisa, me. Okay, I don't hug know. a tree, hug a tree, <laughs> hug a tree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just make sure it has no, no, you know, thorns or anything like that. And you're, you're good to go. Uh, but it does work. And, you know, for me, actually what really works best for me being a water sign myself is being in front of a body of water. I'm not talking about like a pool or a puddle. I'm talking about a river, a lake, a stream, especially the best thing for me is the ocean. It just works for me. I'm a water sign. You're a fire sign. Yeah, and now that makes sense. Well, you're always trying to put out my flame. I'm not always trying to put out your flame. I mean, no, if, I if any, I'm always trying to protect myself from your flame, hun. It's the other way around. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. Yeah, okay. I'm, okay. I'm always. Okay. Why, why do you think I always got like water around <laughs> me, okay? You know, it's like, oh, I oh, thought you brought holy water comes. everywhere. Here she comes. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, exactly. I got to be careful. Uh, but no, but no. I do have to tell another tree story. Oh, another um, tree story. Another okay. tree story. I was doing a reading one day and I saw that the person I was reading for was actually hurting herself. And I was very upfront. And I said, I see that you're hurting yourself. I said, what I want you to do is when you have those urges, I want you to find the oldest tree. Go sit under it. She says, I know exactly what tree I'm going to use. She followed my advice. She stopped hurting herself. She met someone new in her life. And um, she had messaged me and said they were going to have a commitment ceremony. And they were going to have it under the tree of life, which was the tree, what she called the tree and the tree that I had told her to use. So, I mean, you can't get more you know, heartwarming and a better endorsement than that. She got her life back and she stopped hurting herself. Well, thank God for that. I mean, you know, I've always believed, you know, and as the old saying goes, uh, this is a temple. And if if you're hurting yourself, what good are you going to be to the spiritual self of yourself inside? And you'll be weakened. And people need to realize this, this is something that should go without saying. Um, I, I, I think people need to start also paying more attention to self-help books that are out there that have actually helped me. Uh, there's one in particular called Living with Joy, free plug. 
look it up. It's not that expensive, even in this in this day and age where everything is expensive. But it's called Living with Joy, and it has really been one of those books that has changed my life, my outlook and view on a lot of things. It is something to me that when you read each chapter, and it took me a day maybe to read this book. It was rather a quick read. A day, maybe a few hours the next day too. I kept going back to it. You know those kind of books, Vicky, that you just keep going back to over and over and over? You reference, yeah. Yeah, and you you highlight. I know you're not supposed to highlight, but whatever. I ain't going to be, you know, giving it away. It's for my own personal use. I highlight it, dog ear it, you call it whatever you want. Uh, that is the one book that has helped me. And there's another book that I've also noticed as of late, as of last year to be exact, that helped me out a lot. And it's called The Four Agreements. Let me tell you something. The Four Agreements is very, very powerful. So there are books, two books right there. Uh, you, you book littered. Yeah. Uh, I, I book littered all over the place. I will admit that that's our produ our producer telling me that I'm a book litter. But let me tell you something. I love books. I'm not one of those. I know there's people that prefer Kindles and they prefer that or they prefer to listen to their books. I prefer to actually be able to read, touch the pages and turn the page and mark them down and then come back to it when I'm ready. That's why I got these glasses so I could actually read, you know. So. What's your favorite book? The one book that's always made an impact in your life that you always go back to. Don't tell me the Bible. No. All right. Uh, no, I probably shouldn't say this. This is well, this is 18 plus, right? So there was a book written, I believe it was written in the late 70s, early 80s, called Memoirs of a Married Man. And it's a very graphic book, but uh -oh. it also tells a deep story. It's about a man who falls in love with his teacher and they end up in a relationship and she dies. And then he ends up getting married the traditional way, has his two kids. He is successful. He has his business and he is continuing to look for other people because he's trying to replace the one who passed away. So the book is quite graphic and it talks about his many relationships along the way. But in the end of the book, he he's with this movie star, having fun with this movie star. And all of a sudden he goes, why am I here? Like, why am I doing this? And he realized what he was looking for was at home. And that was his wife. And he went back to his wife and you know air quote lived happily ever after yeah but that book and it's funny one of the reasons is because the fact that he was searching for something that he already had because many of us do we tend to oh i want this car or i need to upgrade to this house or i need to you know do this activity because it's what popular people are doing instead of just realizing that you probably have everything you need and everything you want right in front of you so that was one thing. And then there was a quote in the book. Um, the quote, this is 18 plus, is that there's not homosexuality, there's not heterosexuality, there's just sexuality. And that you didn't need to put them in different categories. 
so those are two things. And, and ironically, that is a book that has stood out with me all these years. And I lost my original copy and had to find one from an old bookstore off of Amazon. And, and I replaced my copy. You know, I remember this one store nearby where I live called The Book Barn. And I loved going there. Because all those expensive books that you would otherwise find and back in the day, Walden Books, I'm sure you remember that. And uh, nowadays, Barnes & Noble, and I hope they never close that down. Uh, you could actually find at The Book Barn for 75% off. And i that's where I would go. I didn't care if it was crinkled up or whatever i'd get it and it was like i'd be paying for a book that was marked at easily 30 40 bucks for five dollars and that's where i mostly got a lot of my copies and you'd be surprised a lot of the things that you find in those bookstores of course that one place closed down unfortunately i was very sad that when when that happened and so just just so that we're straight on this it, it, this book is fiction correct correct all right say okay so but how about a self-help book have you ever read mm -hmm. any one of those no no, no interest no years yeah. ago you made me read the secret well i didn't make you it's not yeah, like i held did. a gun to your head oh really yeah, you did yeah here read this book now <laughs> oh really <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> but it, it it helped me and i i I figured, you know, and I haven't read it since, but I, I still use quotes. And one of the quotes that has stuck with me, because I, I really believe that this is how the universe does work, is thoughts become things. Now, I, I don't want this show to be, you know, labeled into, you know, self-help, but it is in many ways. We are helping ourselves to a lot of information, not only to what we talk about, but also what we share and what we share with you know, our guests, which we will have on later on, uh, on the show, <clears throat> but this is what this is all about. But thoughts do become things. I want you to think about that. It's so simple and, but it's true. You know, everything we do from the moment we wake up, we already know what we're getting up to go and do. We got to think about it, you know, put our feet on our floor. We got to walk and either Go do our two deposits, brush our teeth, and and have some coffee and breakfast. I'm calling them deposits. I'm trying to be PG-13. So it's not a morning activity, by the way. Well, it's not an activity, but it's well, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> it's it's an action. <laughs> but either way, either way, <laughs> that that's really truth. So when you put your mind to something, you're not putting your mind to do nothing you're putting your mind to do something so depending on what your inspiration may be is it to actually do something or to in fear stop what you were wanting to do have you i'm sure you've come across this many many times and i know for a fact and you don't have to share with the with everyone in podcast land here but just this week you did exactly what you set out to do and right. you got it. Congratulations. Thank you. And you know, the thing is what you also, I guess what some people do, it has to just be more than thought. It can't be without some form of action. Exactly. You know, I, I can't put something in the universe and think that Mr. Wright's 
going to knock on my door unless he's delivering DoorDash. Hush. Unless he's <laughs> delivering DoorDash, I'm probably not going to meet Mr. Wright knocking on my door. I have to do some kind of action to make it happen. There's, um, I'll be the first one to admit I watch these reality shows. So on the current 90 Day Fiance the other way, there's this woman who's into this alternate religion. And she's like, I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to manifest the money for this apartment. I'm going to manifest. So it's a big joke online where people are like, oh, well, why don't she just manifest it? Then she can, you know, and you ha- there has to be some action with your thoughts. Yeah. And um, but you do have to without hope which is that thought process of wanting something without that. Think about how life would be so empty if you didn't have something to wake up and hope for and work towards and aspire to. How sad would that life be with, without that? You know, it, It's all in the perception. It's all in the goals we set for ourselves. We also have to realize uh, there's going to be some roadblocks. There's going to be speed bumps along the way. And if you think you're going to have a smooth travel from point A to point B, I got news for you. That that, that don't happen. That, it just doesn't exist in the real world. Expect it. Don't expect everything. Okay, I want a million dollars. And don't start, you know, scratch off tickets and expecting that to happen because I'm going to tell you, you're going to be very, very disappointed. Work towards it. I don't care what it is, <coughs> put your thoughts into things. You need to have some oomph behind what you're saying. Very much like back in 2014. 2014, and and ironically, thankfully for you know Facebook, it reminded me that that's when I actually started the show, 2014. That's when I started Greetings from Beyond Radio. And team morning deposit really jen okay our producer's a freaking comedian you gotta love it um (laughs) so back in 2014 it was just a thought form i put it into action thankfully at that time bishop james long said hey look i have inspire radio why don't you start it there i did and that went on for a few it then he closed down Inspire Radio because it became too expensive for him. And I ended up going with Para-X. I think they're still around. I'm not sure. And after I went with them, that went on for a little bit. But then my training started to be a demonologist for the United States Old Catholic Church. I couldn't do it anymore. Between 9 to 5, between family, between cases, you know how this is. Uh, and also then a radio show, and I I had to do training to be a demonologist recognized by the United States Old Catholic Church, one or the other had to go. Now, both of which happened to be a calling. Radio happens to be a calling for me. But first and foremost, demonology has always been a calling for me. So I needed to actually follow through. Five years later, I got that done. Then life took over for a little bit. And I I brought back greetings from beyond radio. Although I had the helm by myself at that time. I'm thankful that today I don't have to go through this journey by myself. And I have you as co-host to help me along and take over. Hey, you may have to take over next week because we've been snowed in since Monday. Gotta love it. I, 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 I just, just when you think spring is starting, 
spring hasn't sprung here yet. There's been a huge snow. I mean, and I'm not kidding. Literally, you're you're stuck in a house because snow is not letting you out. And you can't drive in this kind of condition. Um, I unfortunately am going to have to delay my return to Florida, uh, which would have been tonight. But unfortunately, there's way too much snow in those mountains, and I don't feel like falling off a mountain. And I have my son joining me this time around returning to Florida. So I have to think of him first. See, if you were bringing fire with you, I could just melt the snow. Well, just saying. Yeah, I know. Well, my son is fire. He was born in August. Wait a minute. He was born August 24th. So is he? No, he's a Virgo. He's a Virgo. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> A lot of good that did me. Yeah. So, you know, and here I was like a boss thinking I had this. And no, I didn't. But yeah, right. I mean, you have to be safe heading out. You can't head out in those kind of conditions. So, you know, Jenny Davis happening. is a Leo. Well, let me tell you, Jenny. Leo's in the house. Yeah. Well, she, you know, I guess Leo's are representing here tonight. Okay. And um, I, I'm a Scorpio, but. What's a fia? What the hell's that? Vicky's a fia? Is that a car? I, don't <laughs> I can't see it. I don't. I don't see what the comment says. Fire in fire. 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 Okay. And she spelled my name right, too. Oh, my God. Oh, Jenny, you know you're stubborn. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. She's fire. See? Yeah, uh, fire. Once again. Once again. You're stubborn. <coughs> but, yeah, no. while we're on this topic, I do believe a lot of our characteristics can definitely be nailed to our zodiac sign. It. Trust me, there's people that don't know you and they're like, is he a Scorpio? <laughs> like, yeah. How'd you know? I, and I had somebody, I had a parent years ago, she went on a field trip with us and she sat with me on the bus and she was like, um, by any chance, this is going to sound weird, but um, what's your sign? And I said, I'm a Leo. And she goes, oh, I would have guessed that you're a Libra. And I said, well, funny you say that. I'm a Libra rising. <laughs> so she actually got nailed my rising sign. So I was very impressed with that. So so should we give any credence to astrology? Because and I'm, I'm going to go a little back on this before you answer. And this is coming from the Bible, uh, you know, after a while having a deal with Jimmy Swaggart this morning. I really don't want to talk about the Bible, but anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, one of the things that was given to the human race by Nephilim, not, not actually Nephilim's, the Watchers, was the art of war, beautification, magic, and astrology now should we give this some credence or not 
because according to the Bible, this was one of the secrets revealed to the human race by the watchers who came down and created the Nephilims, and then there was the flood and Noah and yada, yada, yada. Do you give this any credence? I give credence to a person's zodiac sign. Okay. I have seen way too many characteristics of people. Now, some people like myself have a really strong rising sign. Um, so that can kind of confuse and can kind of blend your signs. But I have a book that was written, God, umpteen years ago, like in the 70s. And it it's all about relationships and maybe Linda Goodman, good something was the author. And she will take first, she'll tell you this is what a Leo's like. Then she'll say this is what a Leo woman is like. This is what a Leo man is like. What is it like if a Leo woman gets with a Scorpio male? What happens if a Leo man gets with a Scorpio female? It goes down to what that relationship is going to be like. And I'm telling you, in my life, it has matched up so well. So I do have to give credence. Do I give credence to, you know, reading daily horoscopes? No, no, no I don't. No. I, I, I refuse to, to live by that. I, I, I know what I'm capable of. And uh, let me see. Okay. I have no idea of my rising or anything. And, but you know what? Look, you can easily look that up. Yeah. You look it's, up the time that you were born and yeah. the year, and that will give you your rising sign. Exactly. And, and go from there and you'll know your rising and, and all that stuff. There there's, many forms of the zodiacs there's the chinese zodiac and i i've seen a lot more similarities in that one than i have in just the regular one that we're so used to where you call yourself leo and i call myself a scorpio um i think personally the more credence we give anything the more it manifests now I've, I've met a lot of people that don't even act anywhere near their Zodiac sign. But then again, they say, oh, but you need to take their rising and their whatever else under consideration. I'm like, yeah, but. And you have to consider the household that they're brought up in. So if you have someone who may be a dominant Zodiac sign, a fire sign, but they were in a household with a bunch of other fire signs who decided to take control you're going to have one that acts more like a water sign instead of a fire sign because their personality has been curbed a little bit by having someone else of the same sign who's more dominant. So there's a lot of factors, but I'm telling you just to make a general overall statement, you will see a lot of characteristics. Like I can tell you most of the time what a person's sign is. Yeah. I don't ask during a reading, but if I'm looking at somebody and I look at their characteristics, I could be, yep. Yes, Sun thank you, Franny. Linda Goodman, excellent That's it. read and well researched. Um, That's it. And and I'm not giving it. I'm not saying no. I I do believe in the zodiac, but I just I the people that read horoscopes and live their lives by horoscopes. Let yeah, me no. let me That's tell totally you something. Different. You, you you can't you know. If you're looking up your sign and it says today will be a fill in the blanks, you're ruining your life. Just live your life and make well, sure that the intent you're putting out there is good for you and the people around you. 
that's it. Well, you're you're taking a chance if you look at those and you live by it. You're taking a chance of it being a self fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. But sometimes that would be positive. Sometimes that might be negative. The point is, you don't want to set yourself up to be predisposed to think that that's the way your day is going to go. To think that's the way your life is going to go. I agree 100%. And this is something that, you know, we could go on and on and on about because quite frankly, it, it does fall into the category of the unknown. But sooner or later, we may want to have someone that is an actual expert in this and go with it. Uh, I think down the road, maybe mid-summer-ish, maybe late summer, who knows, because we have a lot of guests coming up and I, I don't, I don't want to like inundate everything we even have someone and, and you know more about this guest and, and i don't mind you talking about this guest that's going to be coming up very very soon um but she wrote a book about a serial killer a very very well-known serial killer in the early 1970s if i'm not mistaken in florida who used to be a cop now dead thank god i never thought i'd say that well, he was killed in prison, so. But to be honest with you, with the things he did in life, I I can only imagine it's being done to him in hell. Because, hmm, I'm telling you, you may want to go. Her name is Yvonne Mason. And, Mason, and she's authored a book on this serial killer. And we're going to be bringing her on to talk about this serial killer for two hours straight. I know you guys are thinking, but you guys discussed the paranormal. Well, I got news for you. There's this been energy the behind it. Yeah. And 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 there's they've also these spirits have tried to make contact or made contact with that lady right there. Yep. And she didn't even know about it until she started looking. Actually, I think it was Bobby Joe that started looking into it and brought this to your attention, correct? Well, what happened is when I went to the location and the spirit, random spirit showed up, I'm like, oh my God, I think this is a victim of this particular serial killer. Right. And I said something to the homeowner and she goes, oh, I read the book. And I said, because I said, you probably don't know who this is, but she's like, yeah, I know. I read the book. And I said something to Bobby Joe. I said, you know, um, I went, I did a reading party and I think I came across a victim of the serial killer. And she randomly goes, were you off such and such a road? I said, yeah, how did you know? She said, I've driven down that road a million times. And I believe that there are victims that they probably have never found their bodies of this particular serial killer. It's quite a distance from the place that he is famous for, where, you know, there definitely were victims found. But she... She told she had no idea where I went. She did not know where the party was and she nailed the location. So there's definitely a paranormal aspect to our serial killer case coming up. And, and, and it is something that we're Vicki and I are actually looking into um, doing as a little side project. When I get back into Florida, I'm looking forward to it by the way, because I think it will benefit us in the future to know more about this uh most importantly my goal at least mine and i know i speak for you vicky would be to give these victims rest you know actually let them rest in peace because if they're screaming from beyond their own graves and let me tell you it was grisly the way these ladies were were killed 
I think it would actually be a good thing, a good thing, if we could actually help them reach their goal, find peace, find that light. Don't you agree, Vicky? Yeah, it just it will be a little difficult. I have seen um, what I believe to be victims in this location that's more famous, but I don't know if it was just a place memory because I saw this girl running through this location. I, I see her this. Gosh, this was probably in 2008. I see her just as plain today as I did in 2008. I see her outfit and I saw her running through this location and she looked back and said, he's coming run. Hmm. And so that could be more of a place memory, you know, a residual uh, type thing rather than intelligent. I don't know. Uh, it's different. It, it's a public place. So your chance of contaminated audio, that's where it's going to be difficult to see if it's actually an intelligent haunt. Here's the thing, though. I would wager to say that energy, regardless whether it's you know an intelligence or it's residual, it's still marking a spot of where something did happen. Oftentimes, when I've come across residual, in a home or a location and i have the history on it it usually matches up with what happened there so it's the imprint left behind that energy imprint is usually like a marker when you mark you know any animal that's how you keep track of it but at the same time that marker stays there because that's an imprint that's a very traumatic situation so i would wager to say that's possibly where that young lady was killed so we'd have to actually visit and follow the breadcrumbs. Well, I think that's where she was chased. I think I have actually found the exact location where the victims um, were murdered. And it's not the place that's been marked by the public. Let's consider this a cold case. And we're just warming it up for everyone later on down the road. So um, that's just one of many interviews that we have to look forward to we have so many in the future right now that to be honest with you it's daunting because you think about it this is twice two hours uh every week but you know what it's something that you and i both enjoy doing and talking to different people talking about different subject matters and by the way between now and six which is when our special guest brian j kano will be joining us if you guys in in the chat room have any questions whatsoever please feel free to ask or if you're just waiting for brian jay to come on i understand but you know what you know we're just as interesting as far as i'm concerned hey i got the justice league behind me she used to have prince behind her but you know i guess she i'm doing the mother earth thing Oh. With all my plants, it's peaceful, it's zen. I do have a picture, though, of my poor deceased dog, Diesel. Oh. This this painting, I'm so fortunate to have friends with talent. This particular painting was done right after Diesel passed, and this was a friend of mine who does some artwork, and she did this little portrait of Diesel for me. Did I meet Diesel? Was he the, the smaller dog that you owned? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm yeah. sure he would have nipped at your heels or something. Yeah. No, actually, Diesel and I got along just fine. 
It's just, you know, it's the other dog you won't let me, you know, meet for some strange reason. Because she's large. I don't I don't <laughs> she, care. She her bark is, I'm sure, worse than her bite. Oh, she wouldn't bite you. She would just kiss you, jump on you. Exactly. Yeah. So next yeah. time I'm around, let her let her loose. I don't mind. I have a big dog myself, and she's 13 years. He's 13 years old. And uh, let's just say he's he's already up there. Um, and I'm yeah. worried he won't be around for too long. But, you know. Luna's yeah, half that. She's Luna's only six. Yeah. So. But, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the only important thing to me is we, we you know, when it comes to animals, what would we be without them? I, I think we would be animals ourselves, to be honest with you. We could learn so much from and just compassion that other animals show each other that we as humans don't. I mean, there's video after video after video of, of what people, you know, call animals, wild animals. And they have so much more compassion than human beings do. You know what? I, I ironically, you bring up video and we have a gentleman that happens to be in paranormal caught on camera. And I'm sure he's seen his share of video. Uh, I'm going to ask him which is the most impressionable video he's ever seen in his stint with Paranormal Caught on Camera. Uh, he did not review my video footage, though. He was not well. One of I mean, the you can't blame him for that. You know, they they offer videos to just about whoever's on that show, and they review it and they give their honest opinion. Yeah, and I think that's important. There were uh, several people that commented, but he was not one of the ones that that did my particular video. And that, that I, I remember watching your episode and, and I, I was disappointed it wasn't longer, to be honest with you, because there was. Well, they're all 15 minute slots. Yeah. Well, not all. There's some most that are. Most of them are. Some that I've seen have been like two minutes tops and because they have so much to include in there. But well, ironically, that. that episode, it was like weird because the very I think it was the very first one they actually talked to Dave Sheely, who is the skunk ape expert. Dave Sheely was one of the first guests I ever had on my radio show. So he was at the beginning of this episode of Paranormal Caught on Camera. And then they're doing these little, you know, like a cat sleeping and a dog growling. The dog they used looks like my dog, Diesel. Really? And so they did, I mean, there's no way these people will know that I had a dog that looked exactly like that. Um, so that was, that was kind of weird that Dave Sheely was in the same episode along with the dog that looked just like my diesel. Yeah. And maybe we could have Dave, uh, what is it? David Sheely on the show. Dave Sheely. Dave Sheely. I don't uh, know whether it's, you could either get him. I know his brother, um, cause they run a special thing out in the Everglades and, um, I don't know if Dave still does interviews, but I think his brother. It's hard to tell the two apart on the phone, honestly, because they oh. sound exactly alike. But either one of them, I'm sure would be glad to. Uh, I mean, we, we hey, why not a cryptozoologist? And I just don't want to talk about skunk, skunk apes. Uh, I, I want to make sure that we cover just about every single phenomenon that could possibly be out in that vast Everglades of, of uh, Florida. And let me tell you, it's vast. It is huge. Um, and I, I'd love to have that as an option for us because, quite frankly, that is part of the paranormal field. Uh, I, I personally have never seen Bigfoot. I'm trying to think the most 
rare thing I've ever seen. That's not a ghost. That's not demonic. And I would have to say UFO. I know you've seen a UFO. And I saw one actually hovering two miles off the coast of the uh, Marco Island. And I was really surprised to see this. But uh, so this was, it looked like a spotlight. Okay. Literally. And I thought at first it was a helicopter, but usually if it's hovering over water, sound travels. <clears throat> Not this time around. It was just hovering there. And you didn't hear anything, but it was a bright light and it was shining down a spotlight straight into, it wasn't on the surface, into the ocean and it was at night. And it was there for 45 freaking minutes. There were so many people gathering and they just couldn't make anything of it. And just as 45 minutes as it was there, it just did this and blinked out. That was the weirdest thing I had ever seen in my life as far as I'm concerned. And I know your story of, of the UFO and I wish we had more time to talk about it, but we're going to have to be going to a break very, very, very soon. I'm waiting for my producer to give me the green light to go to a break to red light and then have our sponsors take over from that point forward because the next guest that we're going to have on, and I'm going to read this out now. Okay. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's best to get this out of the way because he has a vast, vast portfolio uh he has been on the haunted collector he's also now presently on paranormal caught on camera he's authored the book grains of sand and a finalist for the 2022 and the paranormal indie awards and uh, he's also on tour now for history uh, of the paranormal uh this this is let me tell you i, I i'm i hope he's going to florida if he has not already, if he already has been, then damn, I missed out. But I've been wanting someone or myself or a few of us to do something like this. And he's doing it. And in fact, what's the next date on this? If we can go back to the, the last pick. It is April 21 and the 22nd. And it's, it, let me tell you, it, it's, something that i think everyone should take advantage of because he actually does go into the history of the paranormal and when we come back from our break you know we're going to have him specifically on of course i'm going to talk a little bit about how i met him and then we're going to go into introducing him into the show because he's going to have a lot of stories to share with us and let me tell you one of the individuals that you would think you know well what does he know? He's looking at video. Let me tell you, he's brilliant. As far as I'm concerned, this man should have been a parapsychologist if he's not yet. Um, I've heard him speak and I'm going to ask him about that. Um, half full, half empty glass of water and see if it jars his memory a little bit because it was in one of his speaking engagements where he and I were speakers at a convention that we were um, present at in florida back in the day so uh little by little uh i'm sure we're gonna get down to all the questions vicky i'm sure you're looking forward to asking your your little questions here and there when it comes to mr brian j kano too 
Yeah, I love, I love one of the questions I always like to ask is how did you get started? Because it's yes. very, very interesting, the different perspectives and why people got into the field uh, in the first place, because it's not always what you think sometimes. You know, I, 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 would it be the same question if I, if, if I asked, you know, what was your first paranormal experience or? Well, that's kind of a separate question because that may yeah. not have led to his absolute interest in how he got into it. It no. could be. It could have been the catalyst that started it off. You know what? I'll I'll let you answer ask the, the first question uh, when he comes on to the show because you know the way I see it, we we have at least an hour. And where'd his ponytail go? Oh my god, that would be a question that John Zaffis would want to ask <laughs> because he said that. He was going to cut that ponytail off, and then he 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 complained about it last week. Ironically, that uh, yeah, uh, he's he's kind of ticked off that he wasn't able to be the one to cut the ponytail off. So that being said, we'll have many many questions, and I'm sure all of you that are in the chat room are going to have plenty of questions to ask Mr. Kano. And uh, so when we come back from our commercial breaks, we will have no one better to ask questions of when it comes to the paranormal other than john zaffis himself of course mr brian j kano stay tuned don't go anywhere we'll be right back
from beyond radio so a little bit about our next guest i first met him back in 2011 pensacola paracon <clears throat> we've been we've run the circuit here and there uh throughout the years uh i then saw him again i believe in baltimore maryland and uh two more times in florida so He's not a Florida boy, but he sure spends a lot of time there. And I don't blame him. You get to get your son at the same time, you know, and it's a nice break from the cold weather and very, very brilliant. In my opinion, someone that actually lends a lot to the paranormal. Let's not hold everyone back. Let me introduce to you our next guest, Brian J. Kano. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, how's it going, Rich? Uh, everything is doing 
great. Hey, I should not be there. He should be there. There he is. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, let me introduce you to my co-host, Vicky. Vicky, Brian. Hey, Vicky. <laughs> hey, he's got it down. <laughs> yeah, it took a first try. Yeah, I know. Because he, he, he does a lot more of these than I do. Come on. You know, he's a, he's a pro when it comes to this. And, <laughs> and ironically, I'm remembering the first time we met. And it was Pensacola Paracon 2011. And I remember the boss, John, you know, said, tell that hippie I got to cut his hair first. And by the way. <laughs> oh, tell hippie. <laughs> oh he, man there's beth beth says hi uh beth. yeah beth Ezo. uh we had her on last week she she had nothing but great things to say about you and ironically you know brian turns around and he says i like your shirt do you remember the shirt i don't remember the shirt um it was on the back can't say Full i do metal alchemist oh okay oh, yeah yeah now yeah I, <laughs> I got a ton of fma stuff all over my apartment uh, but it's there you uh, go. there's nothing new has come out it's kind of faded to the background for me but i, I still love uh i still love my fma those are awesome uh but you know i i was also before we went on break mm -hmm. i was talking about you know yours i finally got a chance to hear you speak and it was in florida and i re i remember the half glass half full analogy that you used and i'd love for you to share that we'll get into everything else you know the, your time with haunted collector and paranormal caught on camera and your book as well as your tour right now but give everyone a little lesson about the half glass half full well it's know. something that i call a, it's my water in the glass lecture and when it comes to the paranormal when it comes to life in general it's all about your particular perspective and i always ask i say okay i'll go to the crowd and uh, ask some setup questions and then i say okay i'm gonna ask you another question and it's something you've heard before there's no wrong answer but there's only one correct answer and i'll hold up um a bottle of water and i'll say okay is this half full or half empty and you'll get people who say it's half full because they're optimists half empty because they're pessimists some people will try to semantically dance around answering the question by trying to find that trick answer they'll say well it's both because it's filled with air and it's filled with water okay that's true some people say well it's neither well why is it neither is this the schrodinger's cat of water bottles what's what's going on here and as i survey the crowd more often than not, and I, I'm, I'm happy to report that more often, someone will give the correct answer sooner and they'll say, well, it depends on your perspective. And that's true. And in paranormal investigating, as, as in life, you bring your perspective into everything. It's impossible to not measure the world and everything that comes into it without running it through your personal experiences, your memories, your experiences, everything that makes you who you are. But when it comes to the paranormal, we almost have to put ourselves aside. And it's contradictory, yes, because so much of, 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 of it is personal and it's anecdotal. But when you go into a place or you're watching TV and you see uh, ghost hunters or or whomever you're watching is in a place 
something will happen. Boom! There'll be a, a big, loud sound from an adjacent room. Now, depending on where you are, depending on your perspective, or perhaps what you'd like to happen, that's going to color what that is. So that big sound, boom! Some people will say, it's a demon. It's a ghost. It's old man Jones. He's come back to haunt the location. Others will say, oh, probably something just fell over. Or maybe, I don't know, there was some kind of noise outside. Maybe a car is passing. Maybe a truck backfired. Yet, without anyone there to see exactly what caused it, we're all guessing. And all the guesses are equally right and wrong. The only thing we can all agree upon is that there was a sound. Correct. Similarly, with the half full, half empty, there's no wrong answer. But the only right one is there's water in the container. That's the only fact we can come away with. And that's mm -hmm. the only thing that we can all agree upon with all our different perspectives. And in the paranormal, we have to, we have to follow that uh, example that, all right, I'm not going to say it's a demon. I'm not going to say it was a backfiring truck. I don't know. But what I do know is I heard a sound. Amen to that. And that, that is true. It, fundamentally, once you look at it, it, there was a noise. Now, it's it depends on your perception are you going to believe it, it was old man jones the demon which is usually what people believe nowadays or something fell over or someone backfired you know they, they backfired or their car backfired outside you never really know it depends on your perception uh vicky i know you you were supposed to ask the first question i am so sorry i totally forgot about it bad me go i'm sorry you're in so much trouble now i know look how pissed I know. she looks she's been sitting there like Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm used yeah, to now. I do not have a, a <laughs> like my face pretty much says it all all the time. But, <laughs> uh, what I was wondering is, is that eternal question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? So which came first for you? Did you have a paranormal experience that expanded you to want to know more and to get into the field? Or did you just say, hey, I want to get into the field and maybe I'll have my first paranormal experience? When I first officially got into the paranormal, because I know a lot of people like to do new math and say, I've been I've been into the paranormal since I was five. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, exactly. You can be interested in it. I'm interested in a lot of things, but I wasn't in the paranormal until 2002. Uh, so that's a good 21 years. I equate every decade with another class. So I just entered my junior year of being in the, the paranormal. I still have a lot to learn, a lot further to go, but um, I'm, I'm getting up there. As far as what got me started, it's all here in my book, Grains of Sand, uh, available. I was going to mention that, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> I gave you a nice segue. <laughs> um, it was really just a, a curiosity. It was a, ironically enough, when I got into the paranormal, I was very much a skeptic. I was in a super skeptic phase crisis of faith there is no god god is dead you yo, you saw your grandmother you're crazy and i wasn't investigating necessarily to find something or to prove myself wrong i wanted to prove that you guys were crazy and every experience every hunt i went on every book i read read i got mentored i went to events i went on investigations i explored every single experience i had was akin to a grain of sand now, by itself, a grain of sand doesn't seem like much. You look at it and you go, that's it? Oh, Rich, a grain of sand? Oh, this is what you got to give me? Bloop. I drop it. 
after all these years passing by and all these experiences that I'm going through, I look down at my feet and metaphorically speaking, all those grains of sand formed a beach that I was standing on. And I had to consider what that meant. So the book is called Grains of Sand because in it are tales of experiences I had that maybe at the time I wasn't ready or I didn't have enough knowledge to recognize it for what it was. But upon reflection, I go, oh, there's the lesson I needed to learn. And I'm still learning lessons, but uh, there was no one thing that that started me off on the path. I think it's just part of the human experience. We want to we want to discover what's next and what's out there and how we fit into everything. Truth. Absolutely. Yeah. I love your, uh, your thing about the new map. You know, if you want to do that, listen, Scooby-Doo and me, we go way back. <laughs> so I've technically been in the field since, well, uh, like, what is that? 51 years. If I count Scooby-Doo. So I, I the same thing. I only count the second I joined a paranormal team because that's when I was actively investigating with equipment and being mentored. So that's my starting point. It's like, okay, and the, I joined and the teams, team. the teams do new math because they add up all their years of all the members. They're like, yeah, we have 150 oh, years. Oh, I've experience. seen that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <you don't>? oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least they have the common decency to do that. Brian, think of it this way. I'll never forget this one guy. I met him. He was 24 years old and he said, I've been doing the paranormal since since i was you know for 20 years he said I, i've been doing the paranormal for 20 years and I, I i actually turned around and asked him so you started when you were wearing your underoos really okay uh that's fascinating because as far as i'm concerned at four i wasn't thinking paranormal i was we thinking can, we can backdate it we'll say i've maybe this is what my fifth sixth life so i've been i've been doing the paranormal for 462 <laughs> years so uh, <laughs> get to work it, it all comes down to perception doesn't it because <laughs> yeah. if you believe in past lives then yes that would actually work uh, uh yeah and i've been doing it for 80 years no actually you know ironically i was actually timing that i was waiting for eileen to come on where there's snide remarks but uh i've actually been doing this for about 38 years 37 it's going to be 38 next year but I I I I will admit I did sneak it sneak into an actually abandoned hotel, and uh, back then it was abandoned. It was boarded up. It was called the um, oh my goodness, uh, it was in Coral Gables. Um, I totally forgot the name of it. It's open now. It'll come to me. But I I went in. There was a lot of bums and everything. And I actually brought in a tape recorder. A, a polaroid camera this is how far back it was because what we have today didn't even compare to what we had back then i got no material whatsoever the biltmore hotel mm. that's where i went and uh ironically it still has a 13th floor when you push the button on nice. on the elevator it has a 13th floor and uh that was my first investigation that was in 1987 so is that you know, how it is that buildings still go through that tradition of not having and it's not even that there's no 13th floor. It's just there's no 13th button because there's a 13th floor. It's called 14. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the problem, you know, because it's bad luck, as they say. Perception, once again, we're right back to perception. Exactly. You know, so um, Beth actually <laughs> had a, a question. What's in the box, Brian? What's in the, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Beth and I did our level best 
TV is different nowadays. As much as things are the same, things are very different. You like you could turn on any of the new ghost hunting shows, and you see there's a certain freedom. There's a, a you get to know the characters. They get to joke around. They get to be themselves. We were still very much in the shadow of ghost hunters, and that sci-fi wanted everything to be the same. We do this, then we do this, and then we do this. And God forbid there was a divergence or anything that tried to push those limitations. They said, no, 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 we got to do it this way. <laughs> and because i that's not how I, I am, I was constantly trying to slip in bits of movie dialogue and references. And on, on Paranormal Caught on Camera, I could just say it. And over the past five seasons, I've referenced Star Wars, Star Trek, Godzilla, uh, Harry Potter, everything. And it makes it into the show because it's pop culture is part of yeah. our society. But back on Haunted Collector, we kept trying. We spent long periods of time when we're not on the set. That first season, they wouldn't let us go back to the hotel. So we were stuck on site, even if we weren't doing anything. And we were sequestered in the van. So Beth started bringing movies for us to watch. Uh, and one of our favorites was Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Awesome movie. And it became our mission to get the phrase what's in the box on air. <laughs> and I, I kept saying it. I kept saying it. I kept saying it. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. And one time <laughs> we got to this place and there was this chest in a room and it was giving off some EM signatures. I was like, oh, oh here we go. Cut to the OTF where they're asking me what happens. And I, I'm sitting there and I said, okay, well, we did our baseline sweep and we get to this room. And for some reason I'm guided to this one corner where there's a chest and it's, it's giving off these readings and I don't know why. So I just want to know what's in the box. <laughs> Didn't make it to air. No. As, as oh. we're on the road, the executive producer comes up to me. He's like, Brian, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Legitimately. I want to know what's in the box. <laughs> Seven doesn't own those words in that order. Uh, I legitimately want to know what's in the box. I'll tell you what's in the box: the lotion. But uh, no, that's actually that's a, a basket. That's, that's a, the, in the basket, or else it gets hose again. <laughs> but and it's funny because I, I I had to make do with obscure quotes. Uh, I I did quote. I, I used a Han Solo quote from Star Wars, and it's not one of the ones you would think of. Uh, it was me and, and John's son, Chris, and we're doing something. He's like, oh, we got, we, got, we, got, we can't make a lot of noise. And I said, well, we'll do it real quiet-like. <laughs> and that made it. So there it is. Oh, you finally got your way. <laughs> so well, I would assume you think it's a good thing now that the shows do allow personality and allow these characteristics to come out. You have to be yourself. I remember... It was season three on Haunted Collector. We were uh, at a place in California. I feel like Gold Rush California keeps popping out at me. Uh, but it was me. I think it was either Jason or Chris and Jesslyn. And we're at the top of the staircase. We're about to film our, our main investigation. And the rumor about this place was that at the top of the stairs, someone got pushed dangerously so to the point where like oh if they hadn't caught themselves they would have tumbled down the stairs so here the three of us are at the top of the stairs and we're thinking oh hey who's gonna get pushed uh, well 
in the lore, it was the woman who got pushed. Oh, Jesslyn, sorry, you're going to go down. And we're we're riffing on each other, laughing and joking. Then you hear, come on, guys, be serious. <laughs> oh, my God. And me, famously, I don't have a fight or flight reaction. Turn on TV now, people are running or, or yelling. I freeze. No fight, no flight, I freeze. So when something happens, a noise or some kind of paranormal activity, I'm like, and, and I freeze, and you hear the producers, Brian, are, aren't you scared? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next. I'm definitely not going to run from it, but I don't know if I want to run towards it yet. I'm weighing my options. So I don't react. They get annoyed. I react. They're like, be serious. So TV is tough. For those of you yeah. who are like, I just want to get on TV and do it right. No, you're not. <laughs> They're going to use what they want. So uh, believe me, there was plenty of hijinks and we had a great time on the road. We had a lot of fun. You see some of our personalities really shine through in season one. But um, as, as it went on, it, it became very much the cookie cut. Okay, we got to get we got to hit these beats. Yeah. I, and and I, I honestly, after we had Beth on last week and the surprise guest was the boss man um, and he came on second hour and he, he also complained how he was not allowed to be who he was like, he, you know, the shirts, we always make fun of him and his shirts. <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm a white sneakers kind of guy. I can't wear my white sneakers. What the hell is this all about? And, and it's like, I, I totally get it because having done filming back in December of 2021 into April uh, pickup shoots for a show, um, six episodes, dude, let me tell you something. Seven, 7:25 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. and you you're lucky if you get five minute breaks, and you're lucky if you actually have 30 minutes to eat. I'm telling you, it's not easy, but it it, it was very difficult. It was all crammed in together. Was it pretty much the same thing for you when you were doing Haunted Collector? I'm sure it's not that way for you know Paranormal Caught on Camera, but you know, I, depending yeah, on the show. Investigative shows get more budget. They get a lot more leeway. They have bigger crews. There's a lot more that goes into shooting those. Paranormal caught on camera. We f we film at home, so essentially uh, travels get me on the cheap, uh, very much so. So anytime people are like, ah, oh, Brian's got money. <laughs> hey, it's a needle grins. It. It's a happy man that grins. It's exposure, and as far as I'm concerned, it's exposure for what you're doing now, which is history of the paranormal, which, quite it's, frankly, that's ingenious. I, I, I really, and I agree with you, it is important. A lot of people need to know what this paranormal field is supposed to be about, where it got started, and why it got started in the first place. And I'm glad mm. you're doing this. Talk more about this, because I know you have one coming up on the 21st, yes. 22nd of April. Correct. In uh, Nashua, New Hampshire, at the Hunt Memorial Building, I'm bringing my History of the Paranormal Mobile Exhibit uh, to the next stop. My goal is to get to all 50 states. I've been to 10 so far. New Hampshire, name, the, name the 10. Name the 10. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Delaware, um, Ohio. Uh, Come on, two more, Brian. Two more. <laughs> there's there's got to be a map somewhere. Uh, 
what uh, what else is around here? I'm I'm, I'm I'm probably omitting a state that just pissed me off. Um, <laughs> oh, Massachusetts, uh, which that was a great one. It didn't piss me off. And ten was Delaware is the tenth one. But what what am I forgetting? I said Vermont, Connecticut. Oh my, oh my! You're missing one. Yeah, I'm missing one. I've, it's got to be there. Uh, I don't know. I have to look at a map. Let's. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But you know what? We get the gist of it. You're going to be going to every state, and that means Florida, right? Eventually. Uh, well, the thing is, I'm based in New York City. So right. in order to go further out, it's it's costly. Uh, yeah. So the New England area has been great because I could pop to a location and then pop home. But now I, I've, the furthest one I have scheduled right now is in Kansas later this year at the McIntyre Villa. And ooh, that is going to be a roach. I can't fly. I can't pack the exhibit into my pocket. No, and it's no. funny because uh, you'll get event organizers. Oh, Indiana. Indiana was 10 at the Bell ah, National. Okay. Uh, you get event organizers who are like, oh, yeah, Brian, we'd love to have you out at our event. So why don't you bring your exhibit? Why don't I bring my exhibit? It's the same people <laughs> who are like, hey, why don't you bring John? Why don't you bring Justin? Oh, yeah, I'll just put them in my suitcase and and just bring them. Don't you just wish? <laughs> I do. I wish I had Ant-Man shrinking technology. I could shrink it down, and yes, I could put it in my pocket. But well, I'm taking know. rounds, and every state I go to, every showing I have, it grows. It gets bigger. I upgrade older elements. I phase out things uh, with better materials. Uh, this all started back in 2018, at a local New Jersey uh, paranormal events. And it was just one one room with, I want to say like 10 to 12 foam core boards on stands. And it's just, they were all around the room and I was at one end and people would come in and they would, they would walk around the track. They'd pass through me and then back out. And because this was educational, I figured no one's going to come look at it. They're going to be too busy getting autographs from the, the big wigs in the other room. Oh, man, this is why did I do this? And to my surprise, the entire day, I didn't stop. I didn't sit down not once because the line was continuous. And I, I felt so grateful that people were interested in knowing more of that. I said, all right, you know what? I think I want to take this on the road. And I've, I've been doing it ever since. That's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm actually glad that you did this because people really need to know the history of the paranormal. Uh, nowadays, people are stuck in what they see on TV and all the gadgetries and everything, but little do they know it all really started with, you know, table tipping and Ouija boards and all this stuff and spiritualists. And, you know, I, I, I wish people could actually look back and see how far we've come because in order, like much like what you said in your video, and I agree with it in order to, look at where we're at you need to know from where we came from first in order to move forward sometimes you have to look back exactly and it's true because again when people come in i say the entire reason my my inspiration for starting this is that people watch the tv shows they get inspired but they just mimic what they see because the tv shows there's not enough time to go into all the things and more often than not the people on the shows know the history understand it they're just going about their jobs but you can't stop every five seconds to say, well, okay, we're going to do an EVP session. Oh, well, one of the pioneers is yada, 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 yada. Yeah. 
that's what the exhibit is designed to do. And there's interactive elements, immersive displays that I want people to have fun. You can you can interact with some things. There's stations where you can listen to EVP. You can look at photos. At the end is something that I call um, my game show, where you have to identify paranormal pioneers. And if people are having fun and interacting, the learning is easier. And there's a lot of information in there. So I don't expect people to come away with all of that. But if they leave the exhibit knowing one more name of a person, of a society, or a concept, just some fact that they didn't know before, and then they pass that on, we all rise together. I agree. Now, your examples of EVPs, are they ones that have been collected historically or ones that you personally collected? Personally. Cool. I know he liked my EVP back in Florida, and he actually, had, can I hear that one again three times where it said, help me, and it was a little child, and it was a class A. And we're sitting there, and they actually said, hey, we, we have an EVP for Bridge. And I'm like, you guys really want to play this? And they're like, yeah. And he actually was the one that said, I want to hear this a third time. And I told him there was no children there whatsoever during the investigation. And our psychic medium was walking around, and you clearly hear, as if the child is right next to the recorder, please help me, literally. And it was so profound that, you know, people in, in the audience, they were like, holy crap, did that really happen? Yeah, that really did happen. But I think my personal opinion, my perception is the best evidence to capture nowadays, I don't care with all the twinkling lights and whatnot, are EVPs. What's your opinion when it comes to that, Brian? Oh, which specifically, EVPs or equipment? The best type of evidence capture, because I know photography is hard to get. But EVPs is something that you can get just about in every case. Personally, I prefer uh, EVPs as a method of, of good evidence because everything else, there's so much contamination that happens. Yes, there can be a lot of contamination with, with EVPs, but mm. if you know you're in a quiet room, if, you're like, if you've got controlled situations, even if, even if you don't, as long as you're aware of your surroundings, that class A, that voice that is either responding to you or is imprinted that just says something that you know wasn't there where did it come from yeah exactly and that's that's the one thing that can't be explained away where how uh i mean we could go into the x-ray or the you know the the light spectrum which could pretty much cover it, it could be anything but nowadays there's so many gadgetries and i personally I don't really take to the apps that are, you, you can download onto a phone. That's just my personal preference. I stay away from that. But I do prefer lead tape. And mm. I am beginning to use lead tape more often. And yes, you can find lead tape. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, you, you have to know where to look. And actually, if you get those business recorders, you can you will find it in your radio, uh, mm -hmm. like, uh, what is it? Office Depot, Office Max, you still find them there. What's right. your favorite, other than EVP, form of, let's say, gadgetries that you could use? And, and oh, there's, there is a question. Before you get to that one, I'm sorry. And I'm going to have to go back to it because it was a good question. And it was from Eileen Jones, one of our regulars. Do you enjoy investigating more than filming? Let me see if it's there. Yeah. Uh, more for filming or without filming? 
Oh, well, obviously without filming because I could just do it and I don't have to stay open to camera or do something again or, okay, when are we going to film the OTFs? I mean, I love the process and I, I'm, I'm a video editor myself, so I've produced a lot of things. I love having a crew and saying, hey, I don't have to do everything myself for once. But as far as just investigating, yeah, it's better to do it on your own without and uh, without uh, a network breathing down your back. But that being said, said network gets you into places that you wouldn't have otherwise. That's true. And that's why everyone wants a show, not because necessarily the fame, but because they want access. They want the visibility that being on a show affords us to get that message out, to be able to be invited to cool places and say, well, you know, I've always wanted to go there. Oh, I can go in there. Oh, great. Awesome. It's a, uh, it's an awesome side effect of the job. And I've, I've gotten to travel the world because for some reason people want to hear what I've got in my noggin. So I'm uh, very thankful for that. Well, you, like I, I stated earlier, you are brilliant when it comes to your analogies on Thank how you. you actually explain the paranormal and also applying scientific methodology to it, which oftentimes a lot of people don't seem to understand. The reason these theories exist in the first place is to prove the existence of the paranormal. Now, I can't speak for you. I can speak for, for Vicky. I can speak for myself, but I would imagine you do believe in the paranormal by now. But to continue to prove it over and over and over again, when it's already something you believe in. Are we, who are we really trying to prove it to? Ourselves? Or are we trying to prove it to others? Well, it depends. Everyone will have a different reason for doing what they do. And my first question, anytime someone asks me to mentor them or they just have a question, I ask, what are your goals? What are you looking to do? And that's a personal question that everyone has to answer for themselves. And I always tell people to at least be transparent with that. Maybe something happened to you and you want answers. Maybe you're just curious and are doing it for fun. Maybe you want to get on TV. All of these are valid reasons for, for doing the work. But wear it on your sleeve. I don't like meeting people who say, we just want to help. But they're working on their sizzle reel every other day. It's like, well... Just say you want to be on TV. That's fine. I want to make sure that I'm clear with the people that I'm interacting with. And as far as are we looking to prove or, or, or disprove, I, I, I'm at that point where I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptical believer. I know the phenomena exists. It's the people who report it that I'm skeptical of. Mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to prove to myself anymore. So if I go someplace... Uh, I'll do an ev event over the weekend or I'll, I'll go on a hunt and I'll come home and people ask me, oh, did you get any good evidence? And I'm thinking, well, that's not what I'm there to do. Usually I'm there to educate. I'm there to to allow other people to have those experiences that I've already mm -hmm. had. Now, I feel like continuing education is very important. I'm, I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm, I'm two days uh, in, in a deadline where I have to get my final paper out to the Rhine Research Center for research methodology and parapsychology and i have to lay out an entire study uh, and i'm sure i've done it in your presence my psychic projection experiments uh the, the possible real maybe not complete explanation for evps but i feel like a lot of evps are coming from us i could explain this to um people at an event i could stand on stage and and expound everything about it but to put it into a research paper format. Oh yeah. Here I am back at school going, oh, oh, I've got to have at least three pages between three and ten pages with specific terminology. And 
this is good. It's forcing me to get closer to, to that uh, official nature. Now, the entire reason I've been taking courses at the Rhine is so that I can take these academic tablets and bring them down off the mountain and say, okay, ghost hunting world here. <laughs> we need to build a bridge between academics and hobbyists. Otherwise, we're not going to move forward. I agree. I agree. You know, there, there was something. Um, Vicki, do you have a question before I answer or ask mine? Well, you know, I'm often asked, what would you say to a skeptic to make them believe? And I say absolutely nothing. Yeah. I said the difference between a skeptic and a believer is one experience. The one experience that they have on their own that they cannot explain. And then they start to shift their mindset and they start to become more open to the concept. And then they're going to have more experiences and then turn their own belief system around. So I, I, I'm not out here to convince anybody of anything. Um, I'm here to tell my story. I'm here to truly help people and to do something like that. And the only person that needs to hear my EVPs are the client to see if they recognize the voice. What's your favorite? I, I definitely, through all these years, EVPs are definitely my thing. Um, what is your favorite recorder? I'm very curious as to what your favorite brand of recorder is. I'm still rocking my old my old Olympus. It's a, I think it's like a VN 180 or something. It's I got it at Walmart, 40 bucks. Uh, I, I think I have three or four of them at this point. Every time I fill one up, I just put it aside. I start with a new one. Um, I really am of the mind that you don't need to be Bruce Wayne to investigate the paranormal. Uh, you don't need to spend a lot of money. Uh, what you do need to do is make sure that it has the technical specs to uh, capture the range of what you're looking for. And again, the human voice, the what what things can be picked up by equipment. It can pick up a, large, a lot longer and larger range. We just can't hear it. Our ears are only attuned to to pick up and, and decode so many hertz of uh, vibration. That being said, uh, I've got my H4 Zoom, which I, I brought to Oak Island with me, and I said, okay, this thing, the microphones on it are powerful. You turn it on, you could hear a mouse fart from the other side of the island. That being said, I have never gotten an EVP on it. Look at that. Uh, your, your Panasonic, those, those DR60s, Personally, my opinion, they're garbage. They're, you're not getting EVP from it. But that being said, sometimes I have seen people with it get things that I can't explain. What's going on? How is spirit interacting with our devices? And are they going to pick one over another? I really, I'm of the mind that when it comes to technology, it's not entirely just machine and spirit. I think there has to be a melding of the two and the person using it. I feel that my recorder in my hands over time, because I, I've got my energy on it. Uh, I've used it a lot. It's like Excalibur in the hands of King Arthur. Anybody can pick up Excalibur and use it, but in the hands of the king, yeah. Yeah, this there is something. And I feel like uh, there's something to be said about energy and intent. And it's weird because again, when I first started this, none of the words that are coming out of my mouth sounded like they, 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 they should be spoken. It sounds like hippie nonsense, but now I'm saying it, I understand it more and go, yeah, yeah. There's something to that. Can yeah. I formulate it? Can I get it onto a piece of paper and say, ah, 
the Cano efficient says this, not yet. Yeah, I, I put my very first recorder was Olympus. Um, and I used that for a really long time. And then I uh, got hooked to Sony. And I always tell people the only thing that you're required, if you're going to join my team, get one recorder, two if you're, you know, really want to spend the extra money. Do not get one that's too low tech because I need you to hook it up to the computer to get an EVP off if you get one and nothing too high tech because it's going to miss those EVPs. So if you stay in a ridge mid range Sony, you're going to get them. And, and I've been very successful using that particular model and that particular, you know, parameter. The only thing I lament about my old Olympus is that it doesn't have a USB jack, so I have to aux cable in, yeah. mm -hmm. go to Audacity, hit record, hit play. Yep. yep. That's the only Ooh, thing cool. that sucks about that. And I'll, oftentimes the theories behind the old recorders hmm. is that it would get captured on lead tape. And that itself is no longer available because people use digital on everything, even photography. Uh, technology has cool. helped, but it's also hindered a lot of our advances uh into the paranormal uh film no longer no longer really exists either because it's all digital uh but you notice and this is one maybe you have noticed too back in the day when i used to use polaroids or regular cameras we didn't get you know the the anomalies that are usually captured through digital um but if you did there was something Nowadays, you capture these not only on video and picture, but on audio as well. And like you said, there's some that can actually hear a rat fart a few blocks away. And there's some that can't. But nowadays, the way I see it is if we go back and start using the methodology that was used then, we can actually come across even more evidence. Like if there's something physical out there, and you want to capture some evidence. One of the old tricks is the talcum powder or flour to see if it leaves tracks. And this was actually used a few years ago, and I was happy to actually see it on one of the shows. It was um, where the bus gets pushed over the train tracks, and it left hand marks, mm -hmm. little hand marks of children that had actually died on that train track that were hit by a train. And it left evidence. Now, it was physical evidence, and that is what I'm looking for nowadays. We've, we've broken away from a lot of the things that brought us to where we're at, and we're, we're relying too much on, on the, the lights and the twinklings and, and the little sounds when, in fact, we should be trusting our gut more than anything else. <laughs> well, this is where there's a, there's a, a divide, and it's taken me a long time to figure it out, just like I said before where I want people to be clear and honest about their reason for getting into the paranormal. Well, this also depends on what category you're in. And I have to recognize that people have to identify in it of the paranormal community. Okay. There's the population, everybody paranormal, still very small, still very small amount of people that are, that are really interested in it, despite how many shows there are. The biggest population of that subcategory is the paranormal tourist. Nothing wrong with being a tourist. They see the shows, they want to have a scare on the weekend. They go, oh my God, that was crazy. They go back to their lives, nothing changes. It's like going to an amusement park. You hop mm -hmm. on the roller coaster, right? you go up, you go down, you scream. You don't decide to get into uh, amusement park architecture that next week, you just, you go, you have fun. 
that's most of the people who are doing this. Yeah. Then you have the paranormal investigators, your black shirts, spend a lot of time and effort and money and dedication to doing these things and going on hunts and doing all the stuff. But I find that, okay, well, what are you doing with the data? What's going on? You're spending more time on the logo on your shirt than trying to affect change. And that's okay too. That's the intermediate. The very smallest group is the researcher. We're the people who are like, all right, let's take that data. Let's look at the old school methods. Let's look at the new stuff that's coming out and figure out, all right, how are we going to advance? Now, the people that you say are just concerned about the lights. Well, those are the tourists because that's mm -hmm. what they see on TV. And you know what? We're not going to change that. They're not going to change. And uh, it took me a while because I would get mad. Like I'm holding events and you have people who are just like, ooh, cat balls. <laughs> And I was, I was annoyed <laughs> that they weren't of the same mindset. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We're different people. Of course, we're going to be of different mindsets. I can't look down on them that they just want to have a good time. But at the same time, for me, I'll hold myself to a, to a different standard. So, all right, that cat ball does light up. <laughs> what could it be? Uh, you, look, you look at the considerations for parapsychology. Is it authentic? All right, if you decide it's authentic, how does it work? And then what's the phenomenology uh, surrounding it? There's a lot to consider, but I'm concerning myself with that. Other people, uh, especially when I lecture at colleges and we do little mini hunts afterwards, I'll take out a REM pod. It goes off half the cause like, oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> and I think that's great because I've left an impression on them. But I know somebody just got a text and it set off that REM pod. But I'm there not going to say that until later. Yeah, the, the the times I've seen a lot of people investigating and they have a ramp pod and or an EMF detector and they have all these other gadgets around and I'm like, hello, do you know that that's going to set? No, no, never mind. Don't worry about it, because all they really want is to see the twinkling lights and, and the beeping and everything. So we have a question from our producer. What is your most favorite location you've gotten to investigate? Um bad i'm bad at favorite questions i hate favorite questions because there's so many good choices yeah and it depends on my mood like i loved checking out alcatraz i i dig prisons osr eastern state you know i've been to most of most of them prisons are fun prisons are great but then you get uh great museums and great places historical locations like the Heartside house oh, right. uh, in rhode island uh you got I can just list them off different reasons for different places. And so many of them are not the well-known uh, locations. And for me, that that's important. I know uh, a lot of people like to go to the well-known famous haunts and I feel like that's, it gets too crowded. It gets too, um, <clears throat> it's hard to get to the truth of the situation because of all the hype. And that's great. You know, that's, uh, again, I would rather be at the, the place off the beaten path and get something that, oh, okay, well, nobody had this experience before. And here's something that's important. Go to the well-known places. Go to the not well-known places. But remember, your being there is a unique experience. So if something happens that doesn't quite line up with what you saw on TV or what the tour guide said, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means, all right, here's another piece to add to that list of experiences that people have had. 
And so many people just want to mimic. And again, it's that roller coaster effect. They just want to be on that same track and have the exact same thing happen on, like, for instance, on Paranormal Caught on Camera. We got a video that came through from the uh, Saddamsville Rectory uh, just outside of Cincinnati. And lo and behold, the people who went in there went into the basements and they got scratched. Oh my, it must be demonic. Yet, when I was there years earlier with Haunted Collector and I was in the basement and I got scratched. Okay, we determined that it was animal spirit because there was a dog fighting in the basement and it was just oh. one of those things. I'm a cat person. Yeah. So if I go over to your house and you got dog person, the dog's gonna run up here. <laughs> yes, you're very nice. Down, down, down. But the dog always seems to seek out the person who might be the least comfortable and say, "Hey, I want to be friends. Let's be friends. Hey, pet me, like me. So I'm gonna slobber on you." That's kind of spiritually what happened to me. Everyone else on the, the crew, they're dog people. The one cat person, the, I don't think it was an attack. I just think sometimes you know they don't know their own strength. Now, that being said, this is now a report that happened at this location. So years later, the people who go there might maybe saw our TV show and assume, oh, this is this is what has to happen. But another show went there after us, and they're there. Their investigators got possessed by demons, and they're running around and this and that. So you see who gets mimicked. Yeah. And you know, you know what's funny is I think we had this discussion years ago. There needs to be... Uh, some kind of organization that catalogs everything, uh, goes over evidence, keeps it in 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 storage for memory to to go back to. Because yeah, who's going to pay for that? Every yeah, exactly. Everyone who's tried this, and there's been some great like Paranormal Warehouse, uh, some other people. It's the storage space and the and the the fees for the websites, and then just the people complaining. I agree with you. We should have it, but it's uh, it's going to take uh, some heart. Yeah, and money. I'm telling you, Vicky. Any questions? No, I'm just I'm fascinated. Um, I have a question. When evidence comes in to um, paranormal caught on camera, mm -hmm. how how many people go through it before it ends up on the air? How okay, many now, people verify the evidence? Now, what you just said is not exactly correct. Evidence doesn't come to the show. Videos, Videos. come to the show. Right now. So anything, who determines who, who what determines. is anything yeah. can come to the show because the, remember the show is called paranormal caught on camera not you must believe what we're showing you <laughs> and this is the difference because on the investigative shows you get to know the investigators you pick your favorites you have your people and you're like oh this person that i watch every week says they got this evp well they wouldn't lie to me i've got to trust them so you're asked to believe everything you're shown on paranormal caught on camera we're saying let's have a discussion all right guys we're going to show you this video and sometimes and i know i, I could probably i could probably speak for the entire cast uh, on this point sometimes the things we see i'm like come on oh no no mm -mm, mm -mm. there have been times where i've written to to my executive producer i'm like we can't show this <laughs> we don't just don't oh but god they'll show it anyway and the show is not about debunking because it would be a 10 minute show and who wants to watch that but it gets the conversation started and since being on paranormal caught on camera for five seasons we've we've started filming season six i know more about ufology 
I know more about cryptids than I did when I first started. It's got me to branch out and look at different things. Uh, we have a folklorist on now. We've got people who are in different areas who can speak to different things. So whether or not a video that comes through answers that first psychological concern, is it authentic? Well, if it's not, we can still talk about the subject. Perfect example, season one, probably like episode two or three, there was, an, uh, there was a video from Gettysburg and you see these two cannons and you see a figure walk in front of it and then fade away. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could do that in Final Cut in two seconds. It didn't feel real to me. But does this perhaps inauthentic video make Gettysburg not haunted? No. We could still talk about that and we could still talk about the things that uh, that video does bring up. And that's uh, that's the strength of the show. It starts the conversation. Don't believe everything you see. We don't, uh, nor are we asking you to. Yeah, I know I was not asked because I was on Paranormal Caught on Camera, uh, season three. And I offered the person who reached out to me, I offered him all four of my cameras and that footage to show that there was no one else in the residence at the time. And he's like, no, 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 this, your clip is fine. You know, he didn't ask, but I offered him all those cameras that we had. Listen, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll turn over everything that night. You can see no one, when we left that house and we had those cameras, it was only the homeowner. And, you know, he didn't, I realized that he doesn't have time to sit through, you know, 12 hours of video for cameras. Yeah. You, you but, know how much videos we got to watch? Like if yeah. you sent in something and you have a five minute video, but the evidence happens in a 10 second, we got to watch the whole thing. So, yeah. So yeah. Well, mine was already cut into a nice short clip when I sent it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I it, I did have concerns. I knew it was legitimate. I knew I had other cameras to verify that it was legitimate. But I wasn't asked for that extra little thing. So I was very curious as to what the well, criteria remember. was. And again, we're going to circle back to the, the way you first phrased your questions. That's evidence. Well, to you, it's evidence. Evidence of what? You were on investigation. So you're saying, hey, something happened to me. Here's my account of it the important thing about anything any picture you show me an evp you play for me a length of video that i could sit and watch i have to take it on faith that it is authentic because guess what i wasn't there there's nothing you could show me or or and we talked about skeptics you know how do you convince a skeptic uh, that this is there, there is no way because unless they were there and were able to experience it for themselves i gotta trust you as a reputable investigator that you're not trying to pull the wool over my eyes or somehow fake something so when it comes to you sending your video in the show is just saying hey world check That's this it. out yeah not here's proof of the paranormal shut it down guys we don't need to investigate anymore <laughs> vicky's done it <laughs> <laughs> well, it was evidence for my client who kept saying that he kept getting woken up in the middle of the night. And we actually have something that pulls his blanket, just like he said. And then he pulls it back and he's awake at this point. So for me and for my client, that was evidence and that supported what he thing. was experiencing. Once you, you go beyond that, again, you're talking yeah. to a producer and you're wondering why the producer doesn't ask you for your five mm -hmm. different camera mm -hmm. angles. He doesn't need that because he, he isn't looking for proof, whereas the person you went to go help wanted that, needed that, maybe felt better because, oh, oh I'm not crazy. Well, that's good. America doesn't care yeah. <laughs> about your client. Um, 
it sounds harsh, but I mean, that's the thing. You did something for the right reason and you got the right results. But when you went out and said, hey, TV world, producers yeah. and paranormal people, we have temporary partnerships. And the three of us here right now, we know that when we're going into someone's house, it's it's uh, there's a covenant there and there's uh, an importance, there's respect, and there's a lot of things that we have to do. TV, a lot of times, I, I can't get into places because shows in the past have come through with a slash and burn mentality where they come through and now those locations are just done. They're like, oh, you're a TV person? Yeah, no, we don't want anything paranormal anymore because this show came in here, made a mess, and now just unfortunately for all of you, we're done with the paranormal. So there's a there's a question on on sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's a fascinating question, and it's actually in line with everything that we're discussing right here by Eileen Jones. Do people get upset when you question their evidence? Not you in particular, but the show. You saw Vicky doing it just now. No, Vicky, no, no, no. I, Vicky totally I, I could tell she was gonna look well, my clients, and and again, I'm just I'm teasing you, but no, no, I didn't care whether they I'm just saying for me. I wanted there to be more checks and balances for for somebody to look at it with more checks and balances. Well, here's you the thing. I mean? Imagine they had shown those five different camera angles. Someone watching them could go, I wasn't there. I don't believe it. When we're still we're still in the same place. Exactly. Round and round we I go. Eileen's question, do people get met? Yeah. And that's the thing. When someone shows me a clip or shows me a picture, uh, depending on where it is, if I'm at a convention, this happens nine times out of ten. Yeah, um, I saw your show. I don't, I don't really believe in the paranormal. But hold on a second. I got a video. All right, let me find it. Okay, here. Here, I got to show you something. And now I have to look at this. Or someone who's like, oh, my God, I got an angel on video. Okay, let me see. Or I I, I have I have a, a video, and, and my mother showed up on it. I'm like, Unless I see that there's something that could cause the person harm or uh, if I see maybe they're being taken advantage of. If there's something that morally I say, oh, I got I to gotta really go into this, I'll just politely, oh, wow, that's great. That's pretty cool. Because, again, I wasn't there. So you, on TV, they're like, oh, hey, here's these experts, and they'll give their opinion. But that's all it is. I'm taking my years of experience and saying, well, in my experience, this is what I believe it to be. But because you were there, you are now the de facto expert. So, Vicky, your your uh, evidence, you were there. So no one could really trump that and say, well, I don't believe it because I was there. Well, well, you were there and you're telling me, all right, here it is. And I have some things to back it up. Um, people do get, get mad when you find a lot, like especially the ring cams and like oh, a spreadable Lord. cross- the lens and like oh that's that's something i'm like eee, it's probably a spider oh well hmm. and then they will just keep asking it's a, it's an echo chamber they'll ask as many people as they can until they get the one that backs up their presupposition and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that is i guess as long because again they're tourists or maybe novice investigators we don't expect them to get to the bottom of it and as for the producers on any show none of them are researchers Shows are entertainment. Be entertained. But that's why when you want to know more, go to a convention, come to my exhibits, talk to people who've been in the trenches and say, yeah, well, what do you think about this? And we get that conversation started again. 
Well, no. as soon as you come to Florida, then we could go to your exhibit. <laughs> oh, wow. Actually, I, I was there with uh, Pathways. Me and Dustin brought our Pathways show to the very top. We were in Jacksonville. so Oh, uh, that's we, not Florida. We <laughs> Keep, Florida. Keep coming. <laughs> Keep coming down. Um, so before we let you go, I mean, what it, I'm hoping you have a list of the next few states that you're going to be visiting on your tour because I want people to go. And the history I, of the paranormal tour right now, we have three more uh, states booked for 2023. Uh, in April, it's going to be New Hampshire. Uh, in July, uh, we just booked uh, Shepherdstown in West Virginia. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the McIntyre Villa, um, I think August or September in, in, in Kansas. So three more uh, for the exhibit in this year. But I've got lots of other events. If you go to my website, neverstopsearching.com and hit the events tab. You'll see all the places that I'm going to be at, the conventions I'm appearing and speaking at, as well as my events and, and personal hunts that I'm uh, holding. Definitely. I mean, that's that's something that I'm, you, you know, I love you to death. I mean, we, I, I, I broke the ice with this guy with the furious cinnamon bun. Okay. Oh my I, God. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers. Okay. Oh <laughs> with the slushy. Oh, ah, okay. Shaved ice baby. Yeah, it's a little shaved by baby. So as far as I'm concerned, that's what I knew. Okay. He and I can get along. We're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask you to just stay on a few more minutes after the show so that, you know, we can plan a few things out later. But Sounds good. at the same time, um, Definitely go visit your website, and your website is once again because I didn't get it down. You know, I'm actually pissed off. Neverstopsearching.com. Neverstopsearching.com. In fact, I saw that I didn't realize it was your actual web page, and you're definitely doing season six of Paranormal Call on Camera. We've filmed the first half of season six, so that's thirteen episodes. I don't know when. They're gonna they're gonna premiere them and release them, and we're right now we're waiting on the back half order. Right. Uh, so we'll see. You yeah. guys keep watching. We'll keep making. Okay, for sure. You know, definitely. I was watching you today on TV. So it's it's the whole day of Paranormal Call on camera. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I don't mind watching it. I actually find some things that are very very interesting there, like the fairy, and that that family that runs into the fairy that are in the tree. And season like, one yeah that's dude that was insane i'm like that's an old fairy it looked like a dragonfly at first and then it flies yeah. out at you and i'm like ah <laughs> you actually did critique that didn't you i did okay and that that was powerful but you know we we've got to go let let it we gotta let everyone go but stay on um on the air and uh we'll talk to you a little bit after the show we're gonna address uh next week and i will be in florida next week by the way people thank thanks everyone for listening in to brian j kano and thank you for being on the show brian i really thank appreciate you guys it. For having me thank you you know uh it, go see his exhibit it's important uh so next week i will be broadcasting out of florida finally um if god forbid you know god willing you know because he was forbidding me to go anywhere as of today because we're under snow yeah and i ain't driving those mountains so as far as i'm concerned that went out the window but next week it's going to be open mic night we're going to be free to talk about anything that you guys want to discuss who knows we may even do another readings by vicky next week 
I don't know, but we'll see. We'll have to play it by ear if anything. We will let you know exactly what's going to be going on next week. So, Vicky, in closing, anything you want to say? Anything, just stay tuned because I might have a big announcement about some place you might be able to stop in and see me here in Florida. Ooh, yippee. So those of you that are locals, listen up. All righty. So everyone, keep your ears peeled. So as I always state at the end of every single one of my shows, live life. Don't let life live you. And peace be still. We'll see you next week.